If you'll join me, we're going to go into a time of intercessory prayer. And we're going to pray that God would continue to bless our worship together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just reminded as we sing of your faithfulness to us. God, you fulfill your promises. You always deliver on what you say you will do. We remember this in this season. Lord, in a season where many of our hopes go unfulfilled, we know our hope in you will not let us down. So we look to you right now, and God, we just pray the prayer our Lord prayed. And towards the end of his earthly life, where he prayed that those who know you and follow you would have unity. Lord, we pray for the greater church across the globe, that we would be unified in our trust in you, Jesus, in our faithfulness to you and our devotion to you, Jesus, and that we would, Lord, remember what is of first importance, the gospel of Jesus Christ died, buried, risen triumphantly to give the hope of eternal life to all the nations. The light that he brought now lives in those who trust in him. And I pray that as bearers of his light, your church, that we would shine a light for your glory. That we'd be unified. I pray for specifically our church family here at Meadowbrook. That we would love one another. That we would devote ourselves to one another. That we would not neglect to stir one another up to good works, that we would speak the truth in love to one another, the truth about Jesus, that we would remind each other in our darkness, in our valleys, in our mountains, that Jesus is who we need to cling to. Lord, give us courage with one another and boldness, gentleness, patience. Lord, so that we might be a community of believers that glorifies your name and that draws others to you. Lord, thank you for the Meadowbrook Church family. Keep us unified, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. These are the opening words of John's epic introduction to his gospel, his biography of Jesus' life. These are the first five verses. We're going to be in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 today. If you want to open up there with me, we're going to continue to look at 
this introduction to John's gospel in the coming weeks as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Jesus coming into the world to rescue us. We're going to look at verses 1 through 18. In the coming weeks, we're going to focus in on verses 1 through 5 today. I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited for Christmas 2020, but y'all, Christmas or 2020, it's been a rough year, to say the least. And many of us are ready for a new beginning. I know I am. Even this past week, I had to deal with canceled plans, canceled holiday plans, family members that feel differently about holiday plans, sick family members, and just the overall uneasiness and anxiety that I feel like this year has brought to the forefront of our minds more than ever. I'm I'm ready for a new beginning. I'm ready for 2021. I'm ready for the vaccine. We're ready for a new beginning. But so often in life, new beginnings that we look forward to, they often let us down and, and they often end in disappointment. The people around us and the products that promise us a, a new beginning, they so often, they, they let us down. They don't deliver on what they seem to offer us. And even the promises that we make to ourselves often don't last very long. And if you need a reminder of that, I don't want to stir anything up, but just think of the 2020 plans and resolutions that you made. How long will the 2021 plans and resolutions that we make to ourselves last? And often these, these plans and promises we make to ourselves, the promises others make to us, we, we have great hope. It's going to be a new beginning, but they, these new beginnings often end in letdown and in disappointment. And what I want us to focus on this morning is that as the, the beloved disciple of Jesus opens his gospel to tell us about Jesus, he doesn't want to point us just to a new beginning, but he wants us to be reminded of the one who was there before the beginning and at the beginning, the one who rules over the beginning of time, the one who's there and rules over the end of time, and the one who rules over everything in between, including today. Later in the book of John, John tells us why he wrote this book. In John twenty thirty one, he says, this book was written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and By believing in him, we might have life in his name. That's why John had this book written and he was inspired by God to write it so that we might believe in the name of Jesus and have life in his name. Only Jesus can give us true and lasting life. Only Jesus can give us peace in the midst of chaos. And only Jesus can shine light into our darkness. In 1 Peter 2.6, it tells us that Those who believe in Him will not be put to shame, will not be disappointed, will not be let down. Jesus 
is who we need to be reminded of today. And I want us to remember why we can trust him as we look at the beginning of John's gospel. John tells us that Jesus is the word, that Jesus is God, and that Jesus is the light. These verses show us the supremacy of Christ. Let's look at them one by one. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. Jesus is the light. And let's be reminded of his supremacy this morning so that we might hope in him. Jesus is the word. Later in John's introduction, John 1.14, he says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Who is this word that John is talking about? Full of grace and truth. We see in John 1.17 that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one John titles word in this introduction. Why does John call him the word? Why does John call Jesus the word? Lots of ink has been spilled over why Jesus is called the word in this gospel. It's very rich in meaning, and we're going to look a little bit at that today. Let's focus biblically on this. When John starts in John 1.1 1, 1, with in the beginning, he wants us to be reminded of, of what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. He wants that to come to our minds as he says in the beginning was the word in John 1. He wants us to be reminded of the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. So we have a reference to Genesis and we have a reference to the Word. Now, I want you to think about this. When we hear word or words, oftentimes we think of the words of people. And the words of human beings, the words of people, they can be helpful, but they can often be inconsistent and misleading. And we have a litany of examples today. If there's a leader, a public figure who says, hey, in my word, you need to wear a mask. And it's very important if you're going to stay safe, you have to wear a mask. I'm going to enforce it. If they say that with their word, but then they go get a nice fancy dinner and they don't wear a mask out in public, something's not adding up. We see inconsistency between words and actions. And as I've heard a famous coach once say, When you do something like that, your actions are speaking so loudly, I I don't want to listen to your words. And we see this on all sides. We see this from Christian leaders who say one thing and then they do another. Words of people can be helpful, but they're often misleading. They're often inconsistent. But not God's word. God's word and his actions are completely consistent. Again, think of Genesis 1, what happens. God says, his word comes out, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. God's speaking is God's acting. God's word has 
power. When we see this all throughout the Bible. Now in John 1, when John says, in the beginning was the Word, he is saying, in Genesis, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, Jesus was there, Jesus was there before the beginning, he always existed with God, and when God said, let there be light, Jesus, the Word, created that light. Jesus is God's, is the active creation of God. All things, verse 3 says, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All things, Jesus, the Word, actively created. So this morning, through whatever you might be going through, you can thank Jesus, the powerful, life-giving Word, that you exist. Because without Him was not anything made that was made. And put your hope in this powerful, life-giving Word, Jesus Christ. No one else has this kind of power who He can create something from nothing. There's no one else who has that kind of power. We see Jesus is the Word and behold the supremacy of Christ. And these verses, they show us not only is Jesus the Word, the creative agent of God. In fact, Jesus is God. Secondly, Jesus is God. And I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. I heard a story one Thanksgiving weekend. A family was gathered together in their home. They're watching some football, a great Thanksgiving tradition in my opinion. So they're gathered there. They're relaxing. They're watching football. And they hear, they hear a knock at the door. And so the head of the home, he goes to the front door and they're standing before him. You might be picking up on where I'm going are some Jehovah's Witnesses. And Jehovah's Witnesses, they are a religious group known for going door to door and telling people about their religion. And Jehovah's Witnesses, they seem Christian, but they are less than Christian because they believe things like, in John 1.1, they use John 1.1 to argue that Jesus is less than capital G God. They try to argue that he is sub-God. And I want you to see that that's not true from John 1.1. That's not consistent. By, they translate John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was a God, a lowercase g God. But by their logic, even if you go further down in John 1, by their logic, you would have to put the word a, the indefinite article, before the word God, even in other parts of the same passage. For example, in verse 6, you would have to translate it, there was a man sent from a God, whose name was John. But that is not how the Jehovah's Witnesses, in their translation of the Bible, that's not how they translate verse 6. So they're inconsistent in how... They translate the Bible. And going back to the story, that's what one of the family members showed to the Jehovah's Witnesses at when they were at their house, trying to show them, hey, Jesus is capital G God. He's not less than God. 
we see that clearly in what John is saying here. John is telling us here, Jesus equals God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God, and this verse says Jesus is with God. How can both of those things be? Jesus is God, and Jesus is with God. That's almost like me saying, I am Austin, and I am with Austin. That doesn't sound quite right, does it? Sounds like I have some sort of existential crisis or something like that going on. So what, what, what does this mean? What we have here is an example of the Christian doctrine, the Christian understanding of who God is. As Christians, we believe in one God. Jesus is God. He's part of the one unified being of God. And our one God exists in three distinct persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My four-year-old's really having a tough time understanding the Holy Spirit. So we'll keep praying for him. He's working on it. But we believe in one God who exists in three persons. The Word, Jesus, is the Son of God, is with God the Father in perfect unified relationship. This is the truth about God we see taught in the Bible. As Christians, we should know and love this truth. It's not the simplest truth to grasp, but it is glorious. This is who God is, who He reveals Himself to be, and this is who He wants to be worshipped as. It is so relevant that we know this. The fact that God exists three persons, one God, that God wasn't lonely and He needed to alleviate His loneliness to create us. But also, God is not divided. We think of, oh, God hates me today, He loves me tomorrow, He's this and that, He's wavering. No, God is unified, one God, one will. So again, this is relevant to our life, that we know this, understand this, and delight in this. I recommend in this Advent season, read John's gospel and see how this truth is displayed in in John's gospel. Or take a break from uh, Netflix, take a break from football, take a break from Hallmark movies. I know it's that time of year. And spend some time maybe reading a book like this. This It's a book called Delighting in the Trinity. And it actually makes talking about deep truth very fun. It's a, it's a very fun read. I'd encourage you to spend some time reading a book like this to understand and know this truth, that it's not boring, that it's a good and glorious truth we should know and delight in as Christians. And Jesus is God. Capital G. We see the supremacy of Christ. Put your hope in Jesus who is God Almighty. And third, John points us in this passage that Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God, we see later in Genesis 1, God created human beings, and the one God who exists in three persons said in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, let us... Make human beings in our image to be like us. Notice the 
the pronouns there too. God talking within himself about making us in his image, creating us. And then verse 27, so God, notice singular, one God, God created human beings in his own image. He made us in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male, yes, male and female, he created them. We are all created in the image of God with this light, this divine spark. We see the potential of humanity in our creativity, our intellect, our ability. We are not, we're not animals. We're made in the image of God. And we have been given this light from Jesus, who is himself the light. But we know that's not the whole story in this world we live in. Though we were created with light, we all live in darkness. In Genesis 3, after the first human being sinned, the world was cursed. And we see the effects of this all around us. Romans 8 tells us the world after the fall was subjected to futility. We see futility all around us. Was that the world is groaning. We all groan with the creation. And that the world is in bondage to corruption. And this is true. This is why things like hurricanes and pandemics and corruption and all manner of evil and bad things happen. We live in a broken and cursed world. There is darkness all around us. But we must remember that's not our deepest problem. That's not my deepest problem. That's not our biggest problem. We live in darkness, but our bigger problem is that the darkness lives in us. We live in darkness and the darkness lives in us. The first human beings rebelled against God and all of us have been rebelling against our good creator God ever since. We all know we are not who we want to be or who we should be. We all struggle with twisted desires, selfishness. We love creation more than we love the creator. And there's no amount of education, self-help, technology, or moral system that can deal adequately with this darkness that is in each of our hearts. And we deserve judgment for our darkness. This is our big problem. Not only do we live in darkness, but the darkness lives in each of us. But this passage gives us the hope. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus came to shine light into our darkness. That's what we remember at Christmas. Thank God the light has come. Some older translations, they say, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not comprehended it. 
We know this is true because the light comes to those in darkness and people reject the light. Later in the introduction of John's gospel, he says he came to his own. The light came to his own and his own did not receive him. John 3, 19 says the light has come into the world. But people loved the darkness more than the light. People reject the light. They avoid it. They don't comprehend that it is their only hope. And we pray for our friends and family members that haven't comprehended the light of Jesus. But here the original verb John uses more likely does mean the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. People throughout history have tried to overcome and put out the light of Jesus. That is what we see even throughout John's gospel. People end up crucifying him. And we see people trying to overcome Jesus today. But no one can stop the light of Jesus from shining. Jesus rose from the grave and He is alive and shining today, right now, here with us. He is alive. We rejoice in this truth. The inconquerable light of Jesus Christ. And this light has come to shine into your darkness and my darkness. And I just want to think of one story. The Apostle Paul, who was Saul, if anyone was in darkness, if anyone was resisting trying to overcome the light of Jesus, if anyone was rejecting the light of Jesus in ignorance, it was this Apostle Paul. But he was a terrorist trying to kill Christians. He was in darkness. But then Jesus meets him on the Damascus road and he's completely transformed. The light penetrates his darkness. And he later writes this in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Light came into Paul's dark heart and he was transformed. And if you're a Christian this morning, you know the joyous truth that light has come into your darkness and you'll never be the same. That's what we rejoice in if we're Christians today. And nothing can overcome this hope we have in the light of Jesus Christ. He's our hope through our darkest days. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, the light, light reveals things and In Jesus, we see God revealing His plan to save sinful humans like us by Jesus living in our place, sinless life, that we could never live, that we could never deliver to God. Jesus delivered. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He lived a sinless life. And not only that, He exchanged His sinless life for our sinful life and He died in our place, taking the punishment penalty we deserve for sins. This great exchange, the worst about me placed on Him so the best of Him could be placed on me and I could be forgiven. And then He rose again to give us the hope of eternal life that can never be taken away from us. The light shines in the darkness. Jesus, the victorious light, Behold the supremacy of Christ and rest your hope in Him today. Live with more wholehearted devotion to Him today. Christians this morning, what we need most now is not a new beginning, but we need a deeper hope in the One who was from the beginning. 
we need reliance upon Him because nothing can ever come overcome Him. He is our supreme, victorious light. He is our hope. He, can, he cannot be overcome, not even in 2020. And I pray if you are not a Christian this morning, if you've never trusted in this great Savior, I pray that today you would turn away from sin, turn away from your darkness and yourself, and that you would just turn to Jesus in faith. I pray if you have never done that, that you would today. And even for us Christians who have done that, I pray that today we would renew our trust and our hope. And Jesus, no matter what I'm going through, I'm clinging to you. My victorious hope. Those who put their trust in him will not be put to shame. Let's pray. Father, we... Thank you for Jesus. We see his supremacy in John 1, 1 through 5. And God, I just pray right now, even for myself and those who might be like me, God, forgive me for getting so distracted so often by lesser things, for placing my mind's attention and my heart's affection on lesser things. God, I don't want to be double-minded. I don't want to be double have double heart devotion. I want to be singularly devoted to you, the only one who can give us hope in this broken, dark world. I pray that for my friends here gathered today and friends listening, that they would renew their trust in you if they've trusted in you. And if someone has never put their faith in you, I pray that today they would say, I'm running to Jesus. There's hope in nothing else and no one else. I'm running to Jesus. I pray if someone hasn't done that, I pray that today they would. We thank you for your word, Lord, and we pray that you would work through it as we know you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.